Welcome to the Granite Gals podcast. This is the podcast where we interview female hikers who hike the right mountains. I am Alexander Her, And I am Sage Her. The opinions that we personally express in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our interviewee or of any organizations we may mention. Hello, everyone. Today we're interviewing Jen Clark, a white mountain hiker who is the creator of the new podcast, Guides Gone Wild. Welcome to Granite Gals. Thank you so much, ladies. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, when and why did you start hiking, and why do you like to hike? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I probably started hiking. My parents were a little bit, like, they would take us out every once in a while along the Cank Vegas. We'd go on little hikes um, when we were little, but my parents were not in super great shape. So, you know, once in a while we'd do a big hike, which would be, like, going into Mizpahut or going into Zealand Falls and um, and that was pretty much it. And back then we did it for the patches. Like if we did a hike and there was a patch, my mom would get the patch and we would, she would sew it on our little windbreaker jackets and then we would be thinking we were just the best things ever walking around with that little trail patches on. Um, so, you know, we liked doing hikes for that way back when. My mom probably less so after she started doing that because every time we outgrew a jacket, she'd have to take the patches off one jacket and sew them on our next jacket because we would be... Mm you know, all bent out of shape if we couldn't have our patches. But anyway, fast forward, we didn't do a whole lot of hiking, you know, when I was my teenage years. Um, honestly, it wasn't really until I went to college, uh, the place that I went to school had a freshman trip program. And so I went on my very first overnight backpacking trip with a pair of like work boots I borrowed from my brother and a backpack that was the wrong size. And was pretty miserable for like four days on a Kinsman's, totally out of my element. Um, and so shockingly, I did continue to hike after that because it was, on the one hand, a terrible hard trip. On the other hand, um, I obviously had enough fun and wound up, you know, becoming friends with a lot of people who were really into the outdoors up, th- up there and, um, you know, started hiking with them more after school, after I got out of college. Um, you know, primarily in New Hampshire, a little bit in Vermont, a little bit in Maine, but um, did a lot of white mountain hiking, like in my 20s and 30s. And now I own a place in western Maine, and so I do a lot of hiking there too. And I love it just because I love being outside. I love I love kind of getting into the zen of just being on the trail and being quiet and just seeing things and kind of getting more present. So long answer to a short question, but... <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite 4K and why? My favorite 4K, probably Musilak, Musilaki, however you want to say it, has a sweet spot in my heart because that's actually where I ended my freshman trip because um, I went to Dartmouth. So I spent, you know, we did our our trip and then we went back to the ravine lodge at the end and we square danced and we hiked, hiked the mountain the next day. And um, so I'd probably say that. Uh, but, so I mean, fun. obviously, there's a lot of nice ones. The presidentials are nice. The Franconia Ridge hike is nice. So lots to choose from. Yeah, I love this a lot, too. <laughs> um, what Mr. Mountains, besides the 4Ks, have you hiked or are you working on, and what did you uh, enjoy about them specifically? Yeah, right now I'm actually working on picking away just little hikes around the property that we own in Gilead. Um, so, you know, in New Hampshire we've done – kind of stuff up and down Evans Notch. Um, we've done some stuff over in Shelburne and some of the Randolph Trail Club's um, trails that they have. Uh, so we don't have anything we're specifically working on. You know, I kind of, I've done the, the presidential traverse a few times, and that was definitely a big achievement for me at the time. Um, and, you know, I so I like, 
right now I'm enjoying finding these kind of little hidden gems that I wouldn't have thought about before when I was really focused on always doing the big mountains. Like now, you know, I'll find a cable car or you find these, you know, foundations of cool houses or, you know, I'm looking for things that are going to interest people in renting our property that we have in Maine. So I'm kind of, I want to be able to recommend things to them that are unique. Um, it was funny because I, I was checking out you guys terrifying 25 list and, you know, Ball Face Circle Trail is a big favorite of mine, as is that Ice Gulch Trail. I just did that with my husband last year and had not even heard about that before. Um, but that was super fun, and we're looking forward to taking our kids up there um, later this year. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's really nice that uh, you're doing hiking for the joy of it, too, and uh, exploring. It sounds really, really fun and exciting. Yeah. Where have you hiked in addition to the White Mountains? Uh, what is your favorite place to hike outside the Northeast? Oh, geez. So, yeah, as I said, I've done a lot of lot of hiking in Maine. Um, you know, obviously the Katahdin region is beautiful, and the new woods and waters area is beautiful. Um, but I will say, certainly outside of the Northeast, the best places I've hiked have been like Yosemite, um, Yellowstone, like some of those just epic parks that are so different than the type of hiking we do here. Um, um, my husband and I actually got in, engaged in arches on a little hike, so that's, you know, I, I suppose I have to mention that. That's supposed to be a special cool place. <laughs> oh, <hike>. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I love all those. I love trying out, you know, going to those new places um, in different areas of the country and kind of getting exposed to the different, you know, terrain and everything. Being in the desert can be fun, kind of fun, too. So those would probably be my favorites. Tell us about Guides Gone Wild. How did you uh, come up with the idea to make this podcast, and what kinds of people do you interview in general? Well, um, as I said, we bought uh, a old cabin court decrepit place in Evans Notch called the Evans Notch Lodge, and when we bought it a couple of years ago, I started looking for things to do with it. Um, wanted to potentially get small groups to come and rent it out, and so I started contacting guides up around that area, and was primarily interested in female guides because I had been bringing my friends from Massachusetts up and they had been really enjoying spending time up there. But, you know, a lot of them are like my age or, you know, close to my age, a.k.a. kind of middle-aged and were, you know, sometimes they just kind of gotten out of the habit of trying new things. And so I wanted to find people who would be great at teaching people how to fish or, you know, how to do whatever, paddle or SCP or whatever, but like in a non-mansplaining type of way. So I was reaching out to female guides. So as yeah. I met, I would start talking to more of them on the phone, and it got to the point where I'm kind of like, all right, these people are great, and they are just super interesting people that have a million different facets to them, and they have great stories to tell. And so kind of when COVID hit, I was like, you know what? I uh, One of the things I do for a living is <clears throat> work in <clears throat> excuse me, HR, and I've been doing a lot of interviewing and recruiting for my company and not always talking to super interesting people. And I'm like, why don't I use these interviewing skills and talk to people who actually I want to talk to and want to know their stories. So that's, uh, that's where the podcast came from. And I've been really enjoying it so far and uh, looking forward to broadening the horizon uh, even more. So I started with guides, but the podcast has definitely already evolved into um, talking to women who lead in all kinds of different ways outside and just learning more about them and maybe their businesses or, you know, the things that they are passionate about and, uh, you know, just hearing their stories, which I've been finding really inspiring. Uh, do you have any uh, stories in particular that really stood out to you um, that you want to share? Oh, my goodness. 
Well, I talked to you ladies, and that was a pretty cool story. Um, <laughs> yes, that was fun. <laughs> oh, it's been fun. You know, I just, I um, actually just last week I, ta- I had a great conversation with the Maine Inland Fisheries and Wildlife Commissioner, you know, and, like, people who I never would have ever thought to reach out to um, before that, you know, you just realize, like, these women are all just regular people like you and me, and they just love being outside. And, you know, she was fantastic and super cool and friendly, but, you know, I've talked to I, – I, I, another one of my favorites is this woman, Shannon Bryan, who actually jumps to mind, too, because she did this again this year. But I talked to her in the spring, and she is just the most fun p- person, and she loves to go hiking, and she's got, like, a bunch of different costumes and stuff, so she'll dress up like something and hike. So oh, she, oh. in the spring, when things were first shut down because of COVID and everyone was all stressed out, she dressed up like a fork, and she went and stood in woods where there were two paths that came together, and she was, like, a fork in the road, and she just <laughs> does really clever little punny things, and she puts oh, them on her Instagram, <laughs> and they're just funny. So she just dressed, she was actually up on the moats last weekend dressed like a fork, so... But it was a little too windy, so she's having issues with her fork top. So <laughs> it just jumps wow. to mind. They're just like fun people. I don't know. I, I I get into listening to these funny stories. Have you ever experienced sexism directed towards you on the trail? Oh, that's an interesting question. You know, I probably have. Um, but I grew up with all brothers, and you know, most of these friends that I met, at, I went to a school that at the time was probably close to seventy percent guys, and you know, a lot of my friends from school wound up being men. So I think I got really used to just kind of being in that environment. So I would actually say the place I've probably experienced the most overt sex has been like in a gear shop more so than on the trail. Like if I go to, like I like to mountain bike or, you know, when I want to try a new activity and you go into a, a kind of a, a especially the biking stores for some reason. I don't know. I must not pick the right ones. But you go in and they just kind of like talk to you in a certain way and kind of, you know, assume you don't know what you're talking about. And even if that's true, you should still be treated with respect and not necessarily taken advantage of when it comes to buying new stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah, definitely. I would say that's probably the part that, you know, that that's probably those, those, it's those instances that kind of get under my skin somewhat, I would say at this point. Yeah. That must be really frustrating. Yeah. And I've been lucky. I mean, I know there's a lot of women that get kind of harassed, um, you know, or bothered or whatever, things get said to them on the trail. I just have been fortunate enough that that just hasn't really been my experience. Uh, can you tell us about your most memorable animal encounters on the trail? Uh, let's see. Animals. Well, I wasn't really hiking. One of the most memorable things that ever happened to me, when I was in Yellowstone with my family, my two kids and my husband, probably five years ago now at this point, and we had, we were camping for a couple of days, and one of the you know, places where you could camp without a hard-sided thing. So we had our tent, and um, we had set up our tent, and then we had gone out to hike for the day in another spot. And we, as we were leaving the campground, we kind of went around the corner, and we went by this big river valley, and there were a bunch of bison there. And we're like, oh, that's so beautiful. It's so cool, you know. Um, so when we came back that night, we were just kind of, it wasn't dark out yet, but I was like, I'm going to go walk over and see if I can see, see if those bison are there, still there, you know, cause it was like a whole herd. So I started walking through the campground and then like went down in this little gully and then up into this like kind of scrubby area and was kind of walking. And then all of a sudden I heard this noise and I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, was that a thrush? I thought it was like, you know, a bird or something, but yeah. it turned out I had like literally walked into like 
the herd of buffalo was now basically coming toward the campground, and they were all in the bushes all around me. <laughs> they were like, oh. <laughs> so I ran back to the campsite and just in time to see, you know, there was these other bison that were kind of coming out of the woods all around the campground, and it was just hysterical. Like my daughter, one of my daughters, like, ran into the truck and, like, buckled herself in because I think she thought <laughs> that the place was going to get flipped or something. She was freaking out, but... It, you know, we watched, we basically watched these bison just kind of walk, you know, slowly through the campground. They were sniffing around, and, you know, we should have expected it was going to happen because it was, like, dried buffalo crap all over the place. But, you know, <laughs> it, for whatever reason, we didn't make the connection that that meant that there would be bison potentially coming into our campsite. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, sounds wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was pretty nuts. But, you know, other than that, it's usually, like, when we were in the Teton zones, my husband and I, he got yelled at by, like, a pika, like, like, a tiny little thing, like a red squirrel almost, and the thing got right up in front of us on the trail and was just like, Wah! and like didn't want us to go by. Or was like, I can't believe we're getting totally wow. intimidated by this little rodent. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. I thought Pika were kind of skittish. No, nah, that but, one wasn't. Yeah. He was he was mad. He was a mad <laughs> little Pika. Whatever oh, it's so called. Funny. Pika. Pika. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Tiniest thing. Pika. <laughs> well, um, what about in uh, in New Hampshire? Do you have any um, animal encounters in the White Mountains? Um, nothing like scary, but I've definitely like I saw, um, you know, like you'd, I saw a fisher once, kind of run. You know, so every once in a while you catch a glimpse of something interesting looking that kind of runs yeah. across the trail. But um, I haven't gotten too. Yeah, no. I mean, I've had a bear like walk in front of my car, or a mo- you know, I never see anything interesting in the wild. I see them like on the road, you know, on my way yeah. somewhere, like a moose or something like that. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's a big joke in our family that if you take me with you on a hike, you're not going to see anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, do you prefer hiking solo or with a group of people? Um, I would say kind of a combination of both. Like I like during the hiking part. Most of the time, I kind of like just kind of being, doing my own thing and being, doing my own pace and kind of being quiet and just kind of going along. But I love to start and end the day with people. Like, I like to be able to close out the day, you know, having a beer, going to, you know, building a campfire or whatever. Like, I like having conversation at night and I like kind of arriving at the trail with other people. So, I guess I'm a weird hybrid of the two. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, what's next? Do you have any specific hiking-related plans for the future? Let's see. The one thing that we have been wanting to do, well, actually, I should say maybe two things. So where we are now um, in Maine, I would love to do the section of the AT that goes from, like, basically through Mahusik Notch. I think the time that we did that Ice Gulch Trail in Randolph, it was because we, I really wanted to do, like, the the, what, the longest mile, you know, they call it in uh, Mystic oh, yeah. Notch, just because with the caves and all the crazy stuff. Yeah. That I couldn't, couldn't, didn't, didn't think that was going to be doable as a day hike. So instead we did the ice gulch, which was super fun. And um, But I think we would like to probably do that section from um, Shelburne to Grafton Notch at some point. And, and also just do some more hiking in around Grafton Notch, too, because it's really pretty up there and we like that that area cool so now some questions that are mostly unrelated to hiking um what do you do for a living so right now i work for a professional membership group um for people who are actually involved in privacy in their 
professional lives, and I was doing, you know, I was essentially the staffing manager until COVID hit, and now I've been kind of helping out in a lot of different ways there. One of the things I've been working on is helping them virtualize some content and work with their programming team, so that's been fun. Um, but I've had a lot of different jobs. I've worked in marketing. I worked for a sporting goods firm for a while. I worked in the diabetes diabetes space, so I've, I've kind of uh, been all over the place, so nothing too consistent. I just do things that interest me or, you know, if I know people that work there and it's a good place to work, I'll go and work with them for a while. Yeah, cool. that sounds pretty interesting. How did you uh, how did you enter the job that you have now? Yeah, no, this is a, started out as kind of a part-time consulting thing. Uh, I know somebody that works there and she she's the, the uh, CFO and, or the COO and she was like, hey, you know, we need some help in this area. So I was doing some projects for them and it just turned into like a real job. Um, it's kind of the story of my life, you know. I just, <laughs> I, 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 I know somebody who works somewhere who needs some help and so I'll go do it. But then also, you know, we've been doing, I've been doing the podcast. I wouldn't call that work. That's more of a hobby play. And then we also own this property in Maine that we're trying to kind of make it go up. So I, I keep myself busy. What's your favorite food? Nachos, hands down. Oh, yeah, I like those too. That's an easy one. <laughs> yeah. It used to be nachos and buffalo wings. I'm, I'm kind of moving away from the wings and more in the nachos. I don't eat them as much as I used to, but, um, man, they are they are my favorite. Uh, what's your favorite non-hiking-related book? This is a tough one. My favorite non-hiking-related book. Well, a very funny book I read a long time ago um, was – it's uh, A.J. Jacobs' book called uh, something like The Year of Living Biblically. It's like he's a writer that does, like, memoirs, and um, he basically decided that he was going to, yeah, he was basically gonna, going to read the Bible and take everything in it, like, uh, seriously, like, black and white seriously oh. for a whole year. <laughs> so he was, like, wow. living that way in New York City, oh, wow. and just, he, it's, it's, it's a very interesting um, but also a very funny book. I mean, and he's not making fun of anything necessarily. It's just much more the kind of um, humor that comes out of kind of taking a, you know, 2,000-year-old text and then trying to apply it word for word in the real world and, you know, just kind of the, the, the things that come up when you do that. And uh, and wow. his, his family's reaction to it when he started, like, not shaving <laughs> and, and not cutting his hair and doing all this, wearing robes all the time. It was very funny. So, wow, that's interesting. Uh, let's put it on your, put it on your, uh, your memoir list. It's, it's a okay. good one. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds very interesting. <laughs> um, if you could either fly or be invisible, which would you choose and why? I think I would fly. I mean, they're both pretty tempting, but I just, for the same reason that I like to, you know, either get out of the water or or hike, because it's just something about being at that vantage point that's just so um, invigorating to me, I suppose. Yeah. And, you know, not even from an escape. I mean, if I wanted to just escape from something, I would want to be invisible, but I think flying would just be more fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that would just be so incredible. Dogs or cats? Uh, dogs. Although I'm not really a pet person, i got to be honest with you. I'm just going to lay it out there. We have two guinea pigs. They're enough work. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, chips or popcorn? Popcorn, for sure. Popcorn is probably my second favorite food, like, in the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> Love it. Eat it all the time. My, my kids make fun of me. I will walk into a movie theater only to buy popcorn. And then walk out. <laughs> <right here. laughs> That's great. 
Um, cheddar or Swiss cheese? Cheddar. Okay. Um, if you had to pick one, summer hiking or winter hiking in the lakes? Which would you choose? Yeah, that's an easy one. Definitely summer hiking. I just do not like being cold. I like to be yeah. outside in the winter, you know, skiing or doing stuff like that. But, um, yeah, and, and, yeah, winter is just hard for me to manage. My hands get cold. My, yeah, even with good good clothes, I pick summer. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. But um, I would pick autumn probably over both of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, autumn is really season is, is When it's kind of cool and uh, no bugs, that's definitely the way to go. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Just totally. Um, okay, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so awesome. much. You guys are you guys are easy. You're getting right to the point. I love this. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Sage. The preservation of the environment is important if we want to continue having beautiful mountains to hike. We strongly encourage you to donate to Union of Concerned Scientists, or UCS. It is an amazing organization that does important scientific research to help prevent negative effects of climate change. You can learn more about UCS and donate to their organization at ucsusa.org.